Good morning, folks. It's Friday morning. It's early. The sun's shining. It's going to be a great weekend. And this, of course, is your Property News Live. So hi folks, welcome back to the podcast. Don't forget to head over to iTunes, leave me a review, that would be awesome. So what is in the news today? So first up, the letting market experienced a traditional seasonal decline in August, according to the latest analysis from Agency Express. Its property activity index shows that the number of to-let boards was down 16.5% compared to August, whilst the number of let boards dropped by 16.2% during the same period. The seasonal decline experienced between July and August was larger this year compared to 2019, when the number of to-let boards dropped by 11.3% and let boards decreased by just over 8%. Regionally, the number of to-let boards dropped in all areas with East Anglia minus 8.4%, the South West minus 11.1% and Scotland minus 11.6% recorded the lowest declines. Looking at let boards, Scotland was the only region to record positive monthly growth at 3.4%. The largest overall declines were recorded in Yorkshire and Humberside, where the new listings dropped by 19.4% and letboards declined by 24.8% between July and August. Throughout August, we typically saw a slowdown across the UK lettings market. However, the decline in figures this year has been greater than years previous. Now, that's according to Stephen Watson, who is the managing director of Agency Express. Moving into September, we can still expect to see figures recover. But with this month's lull, it will be interesting to see how the bounce fares compared to 2019. So let's talk about evictions. It's, it's massive. It's in the news. Things are changing constantly. What's going on? Well, to begin with, rules which were due to expire at the end of September have now been extended, meaning that buy-to-let landlords in Wales must now give at least six months notice for evictions until at least the 31st of March 2021. The move means that renters in Wales will now get similar protection to those in England where the need for a six-month notice period, in most cases, will stay in place until March. Housing Minister Julie James said that the changes are not an excuse for people not to pay their rent. She added the coronavirus pandemic is continuing to have a significant impact on daily life and it is still posing major challenges for all of us. I have therefore acted to give additional protection to renters by extending the current six-month notice periods for eviction, other than the notice periods for possession grounds relating to antisocial behaviour, domestic abuse, which will revert to the pre-COVID position. So what does it mean? Where do we go? How do we do it? What do we give notice periods for? So... As has been broadcast widely in the news, the government has been going to extraordinary lengths to enforce their message that no tenant will be evicted during these unprecedented times. The new legislation is convoluted, it's lengthy and is ever-changing. So we've got a report here and a recap of the current position in relation to notice periods, possession claims and reactivation notices, plus some handy tips 
for navigating possession claims during and after coronavirus. This report is brought to you by propertyinvestortoday.co.uk. From the 29th of August 2020, the required notices for Section 21 was extended to a period of six months. Irrespective of circumstances, notices served prior to the 29th of August 2020, based on the then three-month notice period, are not affected. As previously, proceedings had to be brought within six months of a Section 21 notice. The six-month period has been extended so that now any proceedings need to be brought within 10 months of service of the notice. The current extended notice period will be effective until the 31st of March 2021, although, of course, this is subject to any further changes. So let's look at Section 8, Breaches and Other Notice Grounds. Now, the amended legislation is complicated, but the notice periods are now as follows. Ground number one, the landlord wants to occupy the property as their permanent home. Notice period required six months. Ground number two, the property is subject to a mortgage and the mortgagee is entitled to exercise a power of sale. Notice period six months. Ground number three, the tenancy is a fixed term of not more than eight months and the property was previously a holiday let. Ground number three, notice period, six months. Ground number four, the tenancy is a fixed term of not more than 12 months and the property is a student accommodation let out of term. Ground pe notice period, six months. Ground number five, the property is being used by a minister of a religion and is required for another minister. Notice period, six months. Ground number six, the landlord wants to carry out works to the property or refurbishment to the property which cannot go ahead with the tenant in possession. Notice period, six months. Ground number seven, the tenant has died. Notice period, three months. Ground number seven A, the tenant has been convicted of a serious offence in the locality of the dwelling house or the property has been subject to a closure order. Notice period four weeks. Ground 7B. The landlord has been served a notice by the Secretary of State in respect of illegal immigrants. Notice period three months. Grounds 8, 10 and 11. The tenant is in rent arrears or persistently delayed paying rent if rent arrears are in excess of six months at the time. So what about antisocial behaviour? It will remain a welcome relief for landlords wishing to rely on ground 14 that the notice period remains unchanged and therefore possession proceedings can be lodged on the same date as the notice is served. Landlords must bear in mind though that any possession proceedings lodged at the court will automatically be stayed until the current moratorium on possession proceedings has been lifted, which is currently on the 20th of September, crossed fingers. Once the court has received the claim form and a reactivation notice, if applicable, it will fix a date for a possession hearing. The court rules provide that a possession hearing cannot take place less than 28 days after the date of issue of the claim form. 
and it's likely that following the lifting of the stay, there will be a backlog of cases waiting to be listed for a hearing, which will mean that a hearing date may not be available for months. In the event of a serious antisocial behaviour, landlords should consider making an application to abridge time so that the court lists the hearing at the earliest opportunity. In any abridgement application, good evidence showing the seriousness of the breach will be required. In a somewhat surprising government announcement released late on the afternoon of Friday the 21st of August, the current Master of the Rolls, Sir Terence Etherton, somewhat begrudgingly confirmed that the current stay of possession proceedings, which was due to be lifted on the 23rd of August, would be extended for a further four weeks. So what does this mean in practice? Well, the effect of this is that from March 2020, all possession claims, regardless of their staged pre-COVID, will be automatically stayed, except for claims against trespassers or application for interim possession orders. Whilst the wording continues to suggest that landlords are still able to issue proceedings, these claims will not progress to a stage where a tenant risks being evicted and will be automatically stayed at the point they are received by the court until the 20th of September. Unless, of course, they decide to drop any more bombs on us today, because it's usually a Friday. So let's see what happens with that. So what happens after the 20th of September? So once the moratorium has expired, and in order to reactivate proceedings, tenants will need to file a reactivation notice with the court. Without this notice, the proceedings will remain stayed. The requirements for the reactivation notice are fairly robust, and they go beyond simply asking a court to relist a hearing to progress a case and Practice Direction 55C makes it clear that the notice must set out what knowledge the landlord has as to the effect of the coronavirus pandemic on the tenant and their dependents. It is anticipated that this will require landlords to proactively make inquiries with a tenant regarding the impact of the virus and what it's had on their health, their finances, their employment and their family situation. So what's going to happen post-COVID? So the, the rules are ever-changing, as we've already seen. We know that. It happens all the time. Therefore, it may be the case that the rules are amended again and landlords should keep an eye on the latest developments and seek legal advice in the event of any uncertainty. Please bear in mind that the courts are still operating. Landlords do still have the ability to seek urgent injunctions in the face of serious antisocial behaviour or a lack of access so gas safety checks or urgent repairs can still be carried out. So here are some tips, folks. Check your documents. Make sure that they are all within the statutory requirements. If you're in any doubt as to whether you have complied with any of the necessary statutory requirements at the commencement of the tenancy, then consult a solicitor. It may be that these documents need to be reserved before the service of Section 21 notice to ensure it's valid. If you're in any doubt as to whether the statutory requirements regarding the tenant's deposit have been met, then return the deposit before you serve Section 21 notice. If the tenancy commenced or was renewed on or after the 1st of October 2015, all Section 21 notices must be in the prescribed Form 6A. Okay, you've got to make sure that the right form is used. Protect your position 
always ahead of time, be proactive. Whilst the Section 21 cannot be issued until month four into the tenancy, you could, in the case of a 12-month AST, serve a Section 21 notice at six months to expire on the fixed term expiry date. A notice relying on one of the Section 8 grounds can be issued as soon as the breach has occurred or the circumstances have changed. Reactivation notices cannot be served until after the extended stay has expired, currently the 20th of September. However, in preparation for that, contact will need to be made with the tenants on all of live possession claims to check how they are and how any dependents have been impacted. If you make the contact by phone, make sure that you um, have a, a careful attendance note and you make notes of any actual conversation if you do successfully make contact or any attempted calls if there is no answer. Do also keep copies of any emails, letters if written consent is made. Once the court has received the claim form and reactivation notice, if applicable, it will fix a date for possession hearing. Ordinarily, pursuant to CPR 55.53a, the first hearing date will be not less than 28 days from the date of the issue of the claim form. It is likely, though, that following the lift of the stay, there will be a backlog of cases waiting to be listed for a hearing. And in the event of a serious antisocial behaviour, consider making an application to a bridge time to encourage the court to list the hearing at the earliest opportunity and take a deep breath. You know what, folks, there's a lot to consume there. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to this again. All of this information and my sources are from propertyinvestortoday.co.uk. Um, go onto their website, have a look. If you're not sure about any of this, there is so much to take in, isn't there? There's so much to consider. I would encourage you to go to a professional eviction expert. Yes, you're gonna to have to pay. It's going to cost about 600 pounds, but if you do it yourself and you go down the DIY route, you may have already waited six months. And if you get to court and it's another two months in, so that's eight months. And then if you, if you stand there at the possession hearing, you find that there's something wrong with your paperwork or there's some kind of procedural error that you've made, they might adjourn it and then they'll put you all the way back to the beginning. You've got to start again. So for the sake of a few pounds, I would encourage you to do it properly, seek advice from the professionals, but that is entirely up to you, of course. Folks, I hope you found that useful. I know that I certainly have. There's a lot going on right now. Today, of course, is Friday. We don't know what's going to happen today. You know, usually the government drop the bombs on a Friday about 5 p.m. just to piss us off over the weekend. You know that happens. It happens all the time. I don't think we're expecting anything today. I'm not obviously part of the government. I don't know if anything's going to happen. Let's see. Are we going to be on track for Monday for the reopening of the courts? Let's keep our fingers crossed. And if you've been affected in any way by this, folks, please do send me your story. I'll be interested in, you know, how this has had an effect on you personally as a landlord. Folks, I hope you found that useful. Head over to iTunes. Don't forget to leave that review. I'll be back here on Monday. And until then, take care and don't forget to have some fun.